1: The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life.
0: Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only.
2: I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul, from the COO. I am Chris, aka Lucas, Chris, the Chief Technical Officer. My name
0: is Zach. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, better known as the When Marketing Officer, because it never gets done, right? Oh, okay. okay. okay.
2: Our long show, we will talk about affinity, crypto in general, e blockchain technology, technology. Uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Cowboy nonsense.
0: Is there cursing rules <laughs> or anything? No,
2: you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I think they'd be more worried if you didn't curse.
0: <laughs> Love these guys. Show me, the Show me the money.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Affinity Protocol on WDVRDV Radio, DVRadio.net. Uh, hey, I appreciate everybody coming out this fine. Sunday morning, it is pretty cold around here, it's getting down, finally into the 30s, now that we're going into the late, late November, coming into the winter, I'm not too happy about it, uh, what's up guys, we do have uh, a guest on today, so we do have Chris and Zach, we do not have Paul this weekend, um, I don't know what he's doing, maybe he's in the Bahamas or something, but uh, no, I think he's uh, he's got family things going on, so we don't have Paul with us this weekend, we're going to miss him, but we do have our good friend uh, Justin, you might know him as Arctic Reaper around the community. Uh, so, how's everybody doing this morning? Doing pretty good.
3: Uh, speaking of cold weather, you heard about the snow in uh, Buffalo? No. They got six feet in a night. Oh yeah, the Bills stadium's full. They can't even play. What?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: six feet in one night.
2: Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's too early for that. Almost, there. yeah. <laughs> Way too early for that. Yeah, I'm not looking. I don't like the snow, man. I just don't. Man, man, you
3: live on the Cape.
2: You barely get snow. I know. That's well, that's not well, entirely that's true. That's not true. <laughs> compared to if you, go no, no, we either get blasted morning. or we get none. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what we call mainland Massachusetts. <laughs> it's like what if you guys get a lot, we typically get very little, and then if you guys get very little, we get a lot. Depends on which oh, direction was. It of the 2000, storm storm.
1: 2016, we got like back to back two foot snowstorms.
3: <laughs> we did too. Yeah. I think we got like a, a total like 101
1: inches of snow. They were dumping it in the ocean. I remember that. Yep. yep.
2: Yeah, stupid.
1: Yeah, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm a bat trying to shovel or
2: something. Yeah. I don't mind the cold so much. I just hate snow. I can't stand it. I mean, Zach was uh,
3: living out in the West, living that high life with that nice weather. I don't know why he moved back east. Nice <laughs> freezing.
2: <laughs> He's out chopping wood this morning, he said. Oh, oh, damn. He got nah, out of wood? No, nah, he wasn't. I said he was. Uh, uh, <laughs> I
3: mean, I want to put it past. I know Justin was probably chopping wood.
2: <laughs> Justin probably still
1: in bed. I'm not in bed. I actually went outside. I had to shingle the house. Oh, damn in this weather oh fuck no. yeah i started it yesterday i had my dad come over i was like hey can you watch the kid he shows up he's like what are you where are you going i was like to work <laughs> I started banging on the house he's like oh, you said you're fucking going to work i was like i am on the house <laughs> uh, uh, terminex came by and they're like hey we accidentally ripped out your lb for your ground off the side of the house and i was like oh So I had a huge hole in the side of the house. I had to put a trim block on and stuff like that. So then I had to re-shingle. My lemon tree is dying from being outside. I had to bring it inside.
2: You brought brought your tree in?
1: Yeah, I got like a, they call it like a dwarf tree. It only gets up to like six and a
2: half feet. I was trying to leave it outside in that pot. It's not six and a half feet then.
1: Uh, Right now it's about five feet. Yeah,
2: You brought that shit in the house? I did. It's in a pot. Oh, okay. I'm going to grow lemons,
1: dude. (laughs) I got a lemon tree. I got a plum tree. I got two pear trees.
2: (laughs) I'm not even going to. No,
1: I'm hungry. I want some (laughs) food.
2: I was going to say, you got a partridge in it. We do got (laughs) Christmas time coming up. Oh, touche. (laughs) So I did say it. I didn't realize lemon trees would grow around here. I didn't think we would grow citrus.
1: I didn't either. And I was actually, I started a garden this year because I was like, oh, let me see if I can grow my own for vegetables, all that stuff. So I started like a little test plot. And some lady, I have like a community farming next to uh, this pond next door. And this lady was talking to me because I went to get some uh, local vegetables from the farm. Yeah. She's like, oh, you should start a lemon tree. And I was like, I actually drink lemon water pretty much every morning. You know, and she was like, yeah, they'll grow around here. And she sent me the same, you know, she's like, you got to put in a big pot and then bring it in when it starts to get cold. Yeah. I should have brought it in like a week ago. My bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes like a full year before to like sprout fruit, because if it yeah. sprouts fruit too soon, you're in trouble. So hopefully by next summer, I should have some fruit off that thing.
2: Yeah. I thought about getting apple trees at one point and then never did. Cause you know, that's me. Um, <laughs> I, you don't say. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, Zach disappeared. It looks like for a second, but I know he was making the transition from the car to his computer. You got a fancy new mic, so um, get to listen to that for the first time. But in the meantime, I got this 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 funny story. I I told. I was on Barry's talk last night. Uh, you know, Bo called me up and said, "Hey, you know." Um, we're having a conversation about some crypto stuff, especially all the news that's going on with Central Exchanges and all that. Would you mind coming on? And uh, So I, I joined them. So I told this story on, uh, on talk last night. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, the other night, my, uh, my horse laying in bed. She goes to bed before me like, every night without fail. Uh, and I was going upstairs to finally go to bed, and I see her get up. I guess she was going to, to use the bathroom. And I see all, like, as she's making the turn, I look at the back of her pants, and I'm like, hey, what the hell is all over the back of the pants? She said, what are you talking about? I said, you got, I don't know if it's like, maybe like you got a little bleach or something on it that kind of made them lighter or, or, or I don't know, but there was like just brown stuff going from the top of the knee all the way up just everywhere. And I'm like, listen, you either shit yourself Or something happened. I don't know what. She's like, no, what the hell is that? She looks at it. She's like, can you, can you go look in the bed to see if there's chocolate in the bed? And I, dude, no joke. I go in my bed and there are three, you know, the lint truffles, chocolate, the lint truffles, dude. There was four of them smashed right in the center of the bed, still in the wrapper. Everything just smashed. Chocolate friggin everywhere, dude. I'm like, are you fucking? It was like two in the morning. Now I gotta change sheets, and uh, and and I'm like, yo, man, that's for, those are like my favorite. they were the peppermint chocolate ones? Oh, gross. Oh man, did
1: you eat it after it's all warm and flattened too? No, you flat, did no, no I did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you God, did eat some warm, flat pancake <laughs> chocolate.
2: <laughs> but how'd the chocolate get there in the first place? I that's I'm a little confused, right? Because I'm like, hey, I get it. You know, if you're eating chocolate in bed or whatever, right, you might drop a little, like, couple flakes of chocolate or something might break off. I'm like, shift shit the bed. Yeah, yeah I was like, there-, there was it was four whole chocolate lint truffles still in the wrapper. I'm like, how the hell did those get past you?
1: <laughs> did you probably like you were when you were like young, get drunk, you take McDonald's home. Next thing you know, you wake up with a bed full of fries.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, but nobody yeah. was drinking. <laughs> well, she wasn't. <laughs>
3: I got a similar funny story like that when I was still a Marine. Well, when I was still active. Um, So I went out drinking one night. It was like my going away party uh, because I was coming back to the States. Yeah. I got like completely plastered. Like I don't remember how I came back on base. So you know how you have to show your ID when you come back on base and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that at all. Um, I just remember coming from the bar. That's like leaving the bar. And then teleported to the barracks. That's all I remember. Then I blacked out again and went to sleep. Oh, crayons in your bed. I I woke up. There was a steaming pile of shit on the floor.
1: (laughs) Yes.
2: That's not a similar story.
3: (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Because we don't know if you shit in your bed.
3: (laughs) It was like, I woke up. I'm like what the fuck is that smell <laughs> and then like i'm I'm like investigating and whatnot i just see a turd on the floor i'm like did i shit myself when i was asleep and like i'm checking myself like no i don't i don't see shit <laughs> and then i asked my roommate i'm like did you shit your, did you shit on the floor and he's like no i didn't so apparently because in the marine barracks we share uh bathrooms aka the head yeah yeah so apparently the head our headmate came to the bathroom and shot on our floor. What? <laughs> yes. And tell me you whooped some ass. Cause, so we we came to a conclusion it was him, but there was like no concrete evidence. <laughs> because, oh yeah, God. so we couldn't really say anything because it was like, well, we don't know if he <laughs> did officially, but I know my roommate didn't. I know I didn't.
1: <laughs> uh, that's not even close. I'm not going to lie to you. It does sound like Chris shit for peppermint pancakes in his bed, but I didn't think that's the way your story was going at nope. first.
2: Nope. Nope. Caught me on okay. guard. So, welcome. I would
1: be pissed off to wake up the shit on my floor.
2: Well, welcome to any new listeners we might have this week.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, now my story I'm, I was going to tell has no funniness at all.
2: <laughs> He's got to one up that one, bro good luck
1: <laughs> the closest one I have is Joe's bachelor party if you guys don't know Joe he used to do a, po- a podcast back in the day with us yeah. went to his bachelor party we took him to the I think we went to Mohegan we all gave him some money and he put it on like double zero hit it so we play in for the night and then we go to a strip club and then we get we all get invited to this like back room of the strip club for a quote unquote after party Dude, when I tell you, we probably shouldn't have been there. It was bad. Some lady was like, some stripper was like, "You want to dance?" And she was sitting on my lap. And I looked at her. I was like, "Are you pregnant?" And she goes, "Yeah." I was like, "Get the fuck off me! I'm not. Uh-uh, I'm not falling in for that." Oh man! Right. So then, all of a sudden, we call it Uber, and we're like, "We got to get the fuck out of here. And go back to the hotel." So I shared a, a hotel room with Joe, and then his brother was in the next one, and his the other friends are the next one. So Joe gets in the car and he's like, I want Taco Bell. And if you don't know Joe when he gets drunk, he's hilarious, but very insistent. And we're like, Joe, I don't know where the fuck a Taco Bell is. And the Uber guy's like, oh, right down the road. And I was like, all right, we'll go to Taco Bell. Dude, his buddy bought, I don't even know how many soft tacos, probably 30. <laughs> Next morning, so we had a hotel room. Like I had a, like whatever it is, twin or queen, queen bed and Joe had one. Someone's knocking on the door. I wake up. I got my pants on, one shoe. Like, I didn't even, I just went to bed. Open the door. Joe is under his covers in his blanket. Like, Joe, get up. We got to go. Dude takes the covers off, and he has nothing but cheese in his bed and wrappers. (laughs) Dude (laughs) was eating so many tacos, went to bed eating tacos, and woke up covered in cheese. Not shit, but cheese. Hey, man, that's how you know you had a good night. <laughs> right? He's like, yo, how many tacos did I have? I said, at one point, buddy, you were talking to yourself facing the wall, and that's when I went to bed.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. All right. Welcome back, Zach. You missed all What's the good, good stories. Man? You got a good story to find stuff in your bed when you're sleeping? No. <laughs>
0: Hell no. <laughs> you lie. I keep anything in an I don't keep anything in my bed. No.
3: Bye. All Bye. Right. All right. You don't got a story of, like your kid dropping
0: something off in your bed? I don't know. <laughs> my bed in my, bed, my bedroom is a sacred-ass place. My kid doesn't go in there.
2: <laughs> All right. This will be a good test as to uh, how many people are listening to us this morning. We got some chatter in the uh, in the chat about rewards. uh. So I want to make sure everybody understands. Just be a little patient. We're working on the D app. Uh, we got some, uh, contract work we're, we're doing. Obviously we're on the podcast right this moment. Uh, but everything's going to be all, all good. It's straightened out by today. Uh, so you might see zeros in the D app or whatever right now. And a little bit of rewards were pushed last night for everybody. Uh, it's normal. There's nothing, nothing you need to be concerned with. Uh, all the rewards are going out as they should. Uh, it's just a little, you know, display problem on the D app and, uh, some other things. So check back a little later tonight. Uh, you know, if you're really that concerned, but yeah, check back a little bit later and everything should be all set. Uh, one thing I want to add is, um,
3: it's on the blockchain, so you can view on the blockchain and you can see if there's some malicious activity going on, which there isn't. Um, but. Your tokens and your money is
2: safe. Well, it's just just the rewards. I mean, that's the only thing. Well, yeah. To,
1: yeah, yeah, the rewards. <laughs>
2: yeah. So just be patient. Working on the front end. Just some mathematical things that need to be uh put out. So anyway, Thanksgiving's this this coming week. Um, anybody got any good plans for that? I mean, I'm I'm kind of just hanging out here. I think we're gonna have Thanksgiving with the in laws like we usually do, and be low key. Everybody else doing?
3: Not much. Just hanging out,
2: eating food.
0: Yeah. No shit, Chris. So, but yeah. i <laughs> hope so. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we'll be hosting Thanksgiving here this see. We're just having her uh we're having Kaylee's dad come over.
2: That's about it. That's cool. That's cool. Justin, what are you doing? You you're at your house this year?
1: No, we actually, everybody wanted us to be because we just put the kitchen in. Yeah. Our, we're going to go and we're going to do a little traveling because last year we didn't do anything. Everybody came to us because we had the baby. Yep. And then obviously we're going to have the baby, another one in January. So next year is probably going to be everybody coming to this house. So we're going to do some traveling. Got to go from like here to Ash's parents. And then we're going to hit up Boston to see my family. Man.
2: Yeah doing the rounds yeah no uh um, yeah i i like thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday so i i'm, I'm looking forward to it um, but you know it's gonna be at the in-laws
1: uh <laughs> you are know, you gonna put your christmas tree up right on thanksgiving
2: yeah it's up right now um uh, why, why would you take it down um <laughs> it's my thanksgiving tree I do got to put my lights up before it gets too cold. Every year I say that, I'm like, I'm going to put the lights up. You Usually I'll turn them on right away just because you never know. Like Again, it can go from 40, 30 degrees down to like zero uh overnight. So I try to get them up before that happens because as soon as it gets that cold, I'm not going outside to do it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I should probably do that. I was gonna say I should do that this weekend, but it is Sunday. This weekend's pretty much gone, and I'm not gonna do it today. I know I'm not gonna.
1: Yeah, it's fucking so, cold out. You ain't going out there. So You'll there freeze. Goes that.
2: There goes that. Uh <laughs> yeah. Um All right. So now we got uh all the stories and everything out of the way. I I do want to move into some relevant conversation with a couple things today. Uh we did announce some news on Twitter and in our telegram and on affinity Friday and everything last week, which is some uh, incredible news that we will be creating a bridge from Binance to Algorand uh, in the coming months. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about that, get that on the podcast and everybody that's listening uh, recap for everybody that's uh, that already heard. And for any new listeners that are not aware of that. Um, so like I said, we did announce that this past Friday, friday well not this friday the friday before uh and what that means i give a little bit of information on that and uh always feel free to come to our socials and hit somebody up if you got any questions but really what we're doing is uh we will be creating uh like i said the first interoperable bridge from binance to algorand using the algorand state proofs um and what that means for you as a, as a current holder or you know, a potential holder, if you're somebody that's on the fence or, or looking to uh, get involved, the current affinity token will not change other than the tax structure uh, is going to go down to accommodate bridge use. Nobody wants to use a bridge uh, that has higher taxes. It becomes very expensive to traverse a bridge uh, with that. So it, with the potential increased volume uh, it should work out very, very well, so don't worry about uh, rewards and things like that. Uh, I'm going to backtrack for a second. This will give everybody an opportunity also if they want to give any more information on what a bridge is, because uh, I didn't think to explain that uh, beforehand. But a bridge essentially is a connection between, in the simplest terms, a connection between two independent blockchains. Uh, Binance is very much its own blockchain, an independent network, so to speak, as is Algorand. Uh, the only way for these two networks to talk talk, or any blockchains to talk to each other are things called bridges. Uh, Binance does have a few bridges of its own, uh, you know, to Ethereum and, and a few other places. Uh, but with Algorand being a very uh, relatively new blockchain and up and coming and a lot of great things, uh, there are not yet uh, enough uh, bridges set up yet, especially to Binance, which is a very large, large blockchain with a lot of volume uh, and a lot of money that flows through it every single day. So you can imagine the potential for volume that can go through this bridge from Binance to Algorand, Algorand back to Binance. Uh, so we are looking at approximately a three-month period before that's up. There will be another affinity token that is going to be launched on Algorand, the supply will be matched. So there is no dilution of the supply. It's going to be the exact same supply that is shared between the two. So if you own Affinity Token right now, you will have designated tokens on the Algorand Bridge. They are just locked on that side. You will traverse the bridge and claim those tokens at any time, and that will lock your tokens on the Binance side. Uh, that is that is the the simplest high level. Uh, I'm going to let, because I don't want to just keep talking, I'm going to let Zach or Chris uh, give a little more detail or, or give some more input on that if they would like to while I take a little drink of water. That's
3: the Chris's room, man. I ain't no developer. Man, I, I had something. I just slipped my mind. Hold on. Damn. I'm getting the, the, the Chris disease.
2: <laughs> Hi, y'all going to make me talk for a minute then. All right, just to to keep it going, then. Uh, so again, just to go back to the the shared supply, I do want to make that very clear. So initially, we talked about potentially having uh, some sort of presale order before we really uh, kind of hashed out the details of how everything's going to work. That doesn't make any sense in this case because, like I said, if you hold Affinity Token now, you essentially uh, hold the token on Algorand as well. It's just you need to traverse the bridge to so do it because of the shared. Uh, supply. So there's about, uh, I'm just going to give a round number here, about 858 billion uh, tokens that are going to be, you know, not. I don't want to say split because like I said, whatever amount is held on one side, the equivalent amount is going to be locked in a vault contract on the other side that is designated for anybody like yourself to swap over. Um, So, at no point in time can there be more than eight hundred and fifty billion tokens between okay. the two. It is a shared supply. There's no minting or anything that is happening.
3: I got something. This is even though this is Zach's realm. Um but with the whole Algarin Bridge, want to make it clear that this is not a partnership. There is no official partnership with Algarin yet. Um the potential is always there. We you never know. But this is more of a collaboration effort where we can, we have contacts on the Algorand side that we can talk to who can review our code, making sure everything works properly and is safe and secure. But once again, this is not a complete partnership.
2: That's true. Yes, it is very much a collaboration, but not an official partnership. Uh, We do have contacts at the the higher levels of uh, Algorand that will be, uh, well, if they would like to, and they express that they did yeah. that. We'll be reviewing our code. We want to make sure we get their blessing because this is when you when you're looking at uh, algorithm state proofs. This is a a brand new proprietary um, technology to, to them. It's um, uh, they call it post quantum computing, uh, which means that they're they're calculating that right now their security on this level uh, can handle uh, quantum computing attempting to make hacks on their state proofs. Uh, So this is the first, unless, uh, you know, something happens over the next three months, we will be using the first known implementation of these state proofs in a bridge. Uh, So I'm sure they are going to be very, very curious as to how things are going to go, how things are going to work. And if things go very well, this is another reason why we want to collaborate with them as best as possible. If things go well, I can't imagine that they're not going to want to showcase everything. And when I say if things go well, I mean they will in the end. It just depends on the timeline. So if things go within time limits, uh and and without too many uh you know, revisits on on uh you know, making sure everything's up to snuff and, and reviews of code and all that, and we can get things out in the in the manner that we always hold our standards to, um I can I can see this getting a lot of attention. Obviously no promises, uh, but it doesn't make sense for them to not want to showcase something that they talk about a lot on the Algorand chain. Algorand is very, very proud of these state proofs. Uh, it's really cool. It's really a, a fully decentralized way to do bridging. Current bridges, most of them right now use validator nodes, uh, which is something that is it is definitely uh, centralized. It needs to be owned and controlled uh, by an entity that essentially validates transactions, and it validates the actual transactions, so there is room for exploits when that happens. Uh, state proofs actually validate the state of the blockchain, which means there is very, very, if any, uh, margin of error or room for anything to happen there. Um, again, uh, this, you can read all the papers and documentation on it. If you, uh, do a little bit of Google searching for algorithm state proofs, if you want to learn any more information. Anyway, so on that side, uh, Right now, currently we have, uh, BUSD and Peg Data and Affinity for rewards on the, on the, uh, Binance side. We'll be looking at, uh, doing rewards in Algo Coin on the Algorand side, uh, using the, um, the reward system over there. Same, it'll be same tax structure, everything else that we go down to. Uh, look out for that because we will be lowering the taxes here any moment. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Also, the last thing I do want to make sure that we talk about when it comes to the bridges, uh, is. see, yeah, I just had it now See, I had a Chris moment. Uh, <laughs> what was the last one more thing I want to talk about with that? Well, Oh, what was, uh, another use case that we got to really, really consider as you're, you're looking at why we're doing this. Um, uh, It's not just about the affinity token itself. Like if you own affinity, I want to get affinity on the other side. Really what this does is open the door for us to do a lot of cross-chain swapping, uh, starting with uh, the actual BNB uh, coin over to the Algorand coin, uh, using the affinity token as the intermediary. What does that mean? What it means is every single time somebody wants to use our bridge, They that will be swapping from those native coins without them knowing uh, in the background. It is going to be swapping through the affinity token, which would generate volume. Uh, There are obviously going to be small fees involved. Those small fees will be used to generate the rewards. Uh, That is a very, very important feature because that opens the door for us to do more cross chain swapping outside of the native coins. Um what else on that? Anything else I'm uh, on that, Chris? I
3: wouldn't say you're missing anything, but I would say is this, like you were saying, this opens up a, a lot of opportunity if the uh if and when the bridge is successful. I'm being a little arrogant here. But um
2: No you're not, because you said if.
3: Not sure. <laughs> well I said if and when. <laughs> but um it it doesn't have to just stop at Algorand technically. Um, we this can allow a lot of outreach to other non-EVM tokens. And for those who don't know what EVM is, EVM is basically a the acronym stands for Ethereum virtual machine. So basically think of anything that's a fork or based off of Ethereum. So Binance, Crow, um, Avalanche, etc. Um, when you're dealing with a non EVM token, you have to deal with things different wallets, uh different infrastructure on the on the other token side so when we get to see the bridge actually work and uh, see operational and see the traffic going through it'll give us a good gauge on hey what could be the possible next network that we can bridge to, uh next bridge over to
2: that's true and we are we, we are adapt is going to be a massive player in this um one thing that you'll notice if you use bridges at all a lot of them uh are not necessarily even like true bridges I guess by definition maybe uh, you know by the the functionality because they are doing swaps across them uh you are able to at least get their their coins or tokens but that's not really a bridge because um you know it's not actually connecting uh the the blockchains in order to, to actually no kidding Uh, move traffic between the two it's a lot of times they're set up with wallets on the other side or they're using central exchanges which is why when you when you go to quote unquote traverse the bridge it takes 30 minutes or so sometimes a little less sometimes a little longer uh we're anticipating this to be under a minute for a transaction maybe even closer to 30 seconds uh to make the swap and cross the bridge at least with the affinity token obviously as we add layers it might add a few more seconds uh, but it's going to be pretty fast and very easy to do because we are using ADAPT. Uh, as you know right now, ADAPT allows you to store your wallet and use a username in its place. So somebody can send you any token or crypto that's listed on ADAPT by using your username. Uh, this is going to be no different with the bridge. Uh, you're going to store your Algorand wallet along with your Binance wallet address into ADAPT. Uh, so when you go to make that traverse across the bridge, adapt will already know both of your wallets. So you can just simply say how much you want to swap and it will drop the appropriate token on the other side into the wallet that is flagged on adapt as, you know, owned by you. Um, obviously as we expand on that, we'll be able to do different things with, uh, moving it across to other people and then eventually into our P2P exchange. Uh, so, anything more on the bridge guys?
3: I would say for the people who listened, I think it was either last episode or the uh, previous to last uh, when we talked about how basically how network, <laughs> our computer networks is similar to the blockchain, and how uh, the land basically before the internet it was only essentially lands and only lands, only computers that were on that land could talk to each other. Essentially, what we're doing, for those who still don't understand what the bridge is on the blockchain, is essentially taking those two local area networks. So essentially, let's say you had four computers that are talking to each other and you had another set of four computers talking to each other, but they have no interoperability. We're essentially connecting those two networks.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you're a little bit. Computer savvy, maybe a little network savvy, but not so much up on, uh, how blockchains work. That's, uh, that's a great analogy there is to think about it because they are, they are networks. Blockchains in their own right are networks. Uh, so it's a very good analogy. Um, all right, great. So again, if you have any questions on that, if you're listening to Affinity Protocol right now or you're listening to the recording later on, uh, please stop by our, our, uh, socials either on Twitter, our Discord, our Telegram, and ask all the questions that you want. Uh visit our website at affinitybsc.com and you can find all the socials there. Uh moving on, uh for the last half of the show, right? It's uh, ten thirty four. Um I do want to have some discussion on kind of the uh the elephant in the room for crypto right now, and that is uh central exchanges. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions. Like I said, I was on barracks talk last night and one of the reasons why they wanted me to come on, cause there was some questions, uh, from some people on what really was everything that went down with FTX? How does that affect crypto? Uh, how does that affect, um, you know, just the overall sentiment and, you know, fallout and everything else that you can possibly imagine that's going on with this news. Naturally, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the detail. I have no idea what was happening behind the scenes there, just what I see uh, across the news, just like the rest of you see. Uh, but I did want to take a little, you know, some time on, on affinity protocol this week to talk about it because, uh, not only do we have, uh, you know, Justin here who, uh, is a little less experienced with, Crypto than the rest of us on the show. So I want to get his take on some things. Uh, but it's such a, a hot item right now with, well, it always has been, but it's really being spotlighted right now. Uh, but the difference between centralization, decentralization and why it's important to know and understand both because they do, they do have their place, right? We, we have talked about this, that central exchanges have their place. The problem is when you have a centralized entity like FTX was, or I guess it's still around technically, but, uh, when you have a centralized, uh, entity like that in an unregulated space, you really don't know what you're getting into and it's, and it's dangerous. Not that DeFi obviously can't be dangerous, uh, but on the same case, you get a, a token, right? Uh, we talk, we see them on, on DeFi all the time where, a scam happens, either rug or honeypot or whatever, uh, that sucks. And the people that do that uh, are real pieces of shit. Uh, but for the most case, it's it's localized. And unfortunately, there's a, a number of people that lose money. But on a centralized exchange, it can happen on a scale that's unprecedented. You know, we're talking billions of dollars that were lost uh, through this FTX thing. And again, un- it's unfortunate, but like right now, they do serve a purpose, uh, with on ramping, off ramping, and for people that aren't really, um, you know, knee deep into DeFi or crypto yet, it does make things easier, uh, to understand and to kind of get going. Uh, but that to me is where it ends. Anything outside of that, off ramping, on ramping, and, and just kind of, making it easy to onboard people that are, are getting into uh, crypto. That's where it ends for me. Uh, <laughs> Central exchanges are the worst uh, past that. Uh, so when I look at that, that says, okay, well, we there's opportunity out there. There's opportunity for DeFi to pick up that slack and make it easier for people to get onboarded, make it easier for people to, to uh, off-ramp and on-ramp. And then let's do away with central exchanges. Now, obviously, that's not going to be an easy task, uh, but we don't need them. Chris?
3: So um, there is overall, I mean, you're right about that, um, about how centralized exchanges is, is easier for people to come into crypto. But what I'm about to say is uh essentially I don't think the follow of FTX and all the other centralized exchanges is really going to have a everlasting effect on crypto. Cause when you think about it, when people start stock trading, uh, when people start doing pink slips, all, all that nature, I would say it was similar to crypto. Uh, well, the follow of centralized exchanges where people were losing money left and right. People were getting scammed left and right. It still happens. Um, just not on a bigger scale that we're seeing with centralized exchanges, and especially that crypto is a hot topic right now. Uh, A lot of people are trying to find every negative aspect of cryptocurrency to basically try to tear down cryptocurrency. Um, Of course. But I think that eventually, once everything gets stabled out, whether that's with regulation or whether that's just the crypto community coming together and kind of doing self-regulation, Eventually, there will be a point where everything is a lot safer on centralized and decentralized side. We just have to remember, this is an early, this is early, an early space. Crypto is still early. Um, what, it's about really picked up around, around 12 years, really, when Bitcoin first uh, picked, hit its peak. So that's still early in the realm of technology, and technology is always changing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't I don't want to get into everything else that's being speculated about FTX and money laundering and political crap. I don't want to get into that. I want to I want to mainly focus on, you know, the sort of the downfall of some of what these exchanges are doing um, as far as over leveraging and, you know, how they function why it can be dangerous but also again like i said if it's if they if they are on the up and up like right now uh again i don't know exactly what's happening behind the doors but uh for instance like Binance uh their their central exchange seems to be on the up and up i got you know n- nothing that says otherwise uh so when they're done right they're okay uh but still you don't own your crypto when it's on a central exchange uh they're essentially holding a pool of the currency. So for instance, if you're buying Bitcoin on a central exchange, you don't actually hold that Bitcoin. They still hold it. They're just letting you buy into the price action of the Bitcoin that they hold on that exchange, which is why when these companies shut down, your money is gone because all of that crypto that they hold has to be liquidated in order to pay their bills. And you don't own it, they own it. So that price action that you bought into is now zero because they had to liquidate or do something with that, that currency that they owned that they were letting you buy into the price action. They owned it and it's now gone, which means your money has no value because you converted it to, uh, you know, what you thought was crypto on their platform. So that is the real, real danger on centralized exchanges and how they operate, where as opposed to DeFi, you hold the tokens in your wallet. That's why you hear not your key, not your crypto, because you don't hold private keys. You don't have keys. You don't have a wallet, uh, so to speak, on central exchanges. Um, it goes into their hot wallets. When you move something in there, it goes into their hot wallets. It is held in a big, giant pool with everybody else's, and you just got to hope things go well. So
3: I'm going to put a shameless plug, uh, but this is what our peer to peer exchange is seeking to solve. Yes.
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, we'll solve uh, in the future. So that's why, you know, we we are delaying things because again, all this stuff coming out and more uh, information as to how central exchanges uh, are not operating properly. And some ideas that we continually uh, come upon that we can fix for the crypto community. We're going to uh, keep pushing forward with that. But uh, naturally, we want to implement some things the right way. I'm curious, uh, Justin, if you want to chime in, because um, with your you know, you definitely have experience in crypto, right? I know uh, you've been with us with Finney. I talk to you all the time uh, and I know you are XRP holder for a long time. I'm curious what your view is from, uh, and I hope you don't mind me calling you a novice in crypto. I'm kind of oh, curious of what your what your uh, what your take is on central exchanges versus DeFi and what your understanding of that is, and any any input you want to throw at it, man. Yeah, and then obviously
1: to you know, stay within your realm of not going political, uh, especially lately. Um, I think. DeFi itself needs to be a thing because manipulation, right? So we see that with fiat, right? So yep. our current money always gets manipulated against us, right? If you're not on the top of the tier, if you're not, you know, high end elite people with money, you're not really winning the game. You're some are some are really good at it, like in terms of, you know, stocks, like Chris was talking about, but, uh, you know it's always getting manipulated and i think that's what's going on here uh especially with like uh cuz if you look into ftx and you know who holds it and all that it gets pretty muddy yeah um and i think it'll continue to happen which is why the defi projects are you know I, in my opinion going to be your honest um evaluation of everything right so I mean, but where you do need it, I mean, to have a functional society, yada, 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 everybody has to pay their dues. Yeah, I get it. Taxes, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I think so many people bought into, like for me, for example, the reason I stayed away from it is because there's so much information. Like there is, I don't know how many hours I've talked to you about it, and there's still so much I don't know. Yeah. And even, even in terms of regular stock market stuff, it's like, it's just so cumbersome. And to a lot of people like, Oh, it's easy. Well, not to people like me, you know what I'm saying? Like I just, yep. you know, you work, you collect a paycheck, you want to make some more money. So, you know, I think that, you know, eventually you're going to start to see more and more of these central exchanges, the dirt's going to air. Cause it only lasts so long. You know what I mean? With crypto being a newer space in terms of, you know, the world we used to live in, it's all coming down and it started with this FTX program. I mean, look how much money people lost. Look at what it was used for, and I think the scary part is the backlash that everybody's going to get for the couple mistakes of the shitheads, right? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a couple. Even I followed a couple projects uh, alongside you guys, and you know, people tend to just take money from people, and they just. But because people want to be in the space, they just um, buy into it, and they get you know had you know. So, I mean, without going politics, which is really hard or (laughs) into what I think is going on, uh, what I see is going on, you know, that's what I know as of right now. And I'm trying to learn more so I can, you know, stay up and current and, you know, try to make a good, cause the the whole process is what putting yourself in a much better financial position, right? Nobody's in it just to be in it. They just want to, you know, make money with money. So I don't know. I personally like the DeFi option. That's just me personally. As I get older, I think that the more centralized things get, all that means to me is some bigwig wants to take more of your profit, wants to take more of what you have earned or what you did the legwork and gaining. You know what I mean? But without some type of regulation in terms of you know the DeFi project, um, I think you're going to get a lot of people who get shafted because without some type of peer-to-peer regulation or something just to keep... It's almost like having a fence at your house, right? If somebody really wants to get in your backyard, they're going to get in your backyard, but what's a fence? It's a deterrent. Most people are like, oh, it's too much work to do that. So, like, yeah. if you do, like, peer-to-peer, you could keep people honest, you know what I mean? And then people won't be getting, you know, rug pulled and all that shit, you know?
2: Yeah, not only that, but, yeah, using your fence analogy, um, you know, we know, I don't know about other places in the country, but we know around here, it's it's the law to have a fence if you have a swimming pool in your backyard uh is right. that is that fence going to keep people from coming in and using your pool or potentially hopefully you know not but something bad happening uh no not not if they really want to uh, it's not hard to jump a you know four foot fence or even a you know an eight foot fence if you really wanted to uh right. but if you don't have it and something happens your insurance is not going to pay out right? You're right. going to get in yeah. trouble. But if you have it and and something happens on your property, uh, your insurance is going to kick in and you're good. Same thing when you're looking at this type of stuff with, if the regulation is done right, uh, then there can be things, tools put in place to protect people's money. When you look at bank systems right now, uh, you have FDIC that kicks in to insure your money. Uh, if something bad happens, that, that doesn't exist in crypto right now. Uh, because one, the idea behind it is supposed to be decentralized. Uh, and two, there's no regulation, there's no quote unquote fence uh to put up and say, well, this is what needs to happen in order for insurance or or some sort of uh backing to to kick in and protect you. Um and that, you know, I and and DeFi it's gonna be a little tougher, but with these central exchanges, I think that's really the big piece that's missing because you have things like this that happen. Uh, do I believe people like, uh, you know, Tom Brady and some of these other people that, that invested in FTX knew everything that was going on and knew that he was over leveraging and knew that, uh, he, they were selling, uh, Bitcoin that they didn't have. Uh, I don't believe that. I can't prove one way or the other, but I don't believe that. I believe they were presented with up? So
1: that, that? That, that says a lot about you. If you're, if you're going to you know, not shit all over Tom Brady. And that's that true. a lot.
2: That's true. And that well it shows my honesty, right? I mean, I'll take any shot I can at Tom Brady, but I'm, I'm going to give him this one. But, you know, I, I think it was presented to a lot of people as a good investment opportunity, right? These people are always looking for investment opportunities. It was presented to them as, as a, you know, a, a new thing, right? we get, you know, it's, it's this huge crypto, uh, uh, exchange. It's, it, you know, it's going to make a lot of money, and and they were given wrong information, and they went in on it. Uh, it sucks because now yeah. they got to deal with the fallout, uh, and and a lot well, of people got screwed over. But hey, you know that's you invest in something that that's that's what happens sometimes.
1: Well, yeah, you and I have talked about it. Like I see you guys, you know, the doing the right thing is a very hard thing to do, especially nowadays, right? Because it doesn't always pan out and. I know this firsthand, uh, you guys are seeing good, excuse me, good stuff, but like, you're not getting as much traction as those people who are really good at talking in terms of like spinning it. So people buy in, give millions and millions of dollars and they just take their money and they're like, Oh, well we lost this one, but maybe next time. Yeah. But yet they're not, they don't always look at those, uh, true transparent, uh, you know, projects out there. I think you're absolutely right I think these people spun it in a way because now that it's been out for twelve years right Bitcoin twelve years on this up is that what Chris said so yep. you know it's that's a that's a lot of hearsay data that you can say hey um you know this is this is what people want to hear let's you know market ourselves this way it's gonna look like a golden ticket and then as soon as we get it you know we do what we want with it right and then the transparency ends the transparency is never really transparent. Right. But you'll see it with like companies like, and that's why I got kind of mad at like some of the people in your space. When you read through the comments as somebody like me, who's, uh, I'm in it, I'm in it to support you guys, but I'm also in it to, you know, better my situation. But then you read some of the stuff that people are saying and you're like, it's just not a realistic outlook because people will go into other program, other, um, you know, um,
2: Projects of tokens, yeah.
1: Your project, yeah, sorry, projects. And they'll just get taken and be like, okay with it. But then they go to a project that's super stable. they go to a project that is showing you pr- pretty much everything they're doing and you guys are like, you know, revolutionizing the space and they're just going to complain. And I mean, and this isn't to pick on anybody in particular, but like manage your expectations and and understand what, the project's trying to do because this could shape the future of transparency and maybe even some regulation that's for the better, you know. Yep. But that FTX that's that's taking a hit on everybody. I know Binance was in talks of something last week. I think I sent that to you. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people like you said, they kind of bought it hook line and sinker and now we're in the recovery phase of all right, this was a mistake. How do we move forward because now now, everybody's really going to question a lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm inherently a questioner. I, I don't trust much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very big gambler with my money, I, uh, you know, which isn't going to prove to be well when I get older and I want to retire. Uh, but that's just because I, I'm not a very big gambler with my money when it comes to money I don't have to lose. You know what I mean? That's the right way to do this. Well, it is, but a scared man never wins, right? I mean, like we've talked about it. You were you were pretty good in the stock market. You understand charts and stuff. I look at it, I understand it now, but I'm still, I just don't have it. It's not my blood to be able to gamble that money, you know.
2: Yeah, but you should still, so, still never gamble anything that you you can't afford to lose, right? My oh, risk profile, yeah. So that's the way to do it. You got to get in. You got to You got to take your risks and your shots, but you you got to leverage risk.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you think in terms of how far do you, because I think this is the other big thing we've learned from or anybody who's paid attention to history in terms of it doesn't matter what facet you look at, whether politics, money, uh, housing, uh, schooling, it doesn't matter when you allow too much regulation from where you should be making your decision, but yet you sacrifice it up to some other entity. When does it stop? That's going to become the big problem again is, okay, we need some regulation keyword being some, but, and I, you know, it's just like politics though. The government was never meant to rule the people. The people rule the government, but we've, we've gotten to the point where we're just, it's so out of hand that the government tells you when you can eat shit, take a piss, you know? Yeah. Um, whether it be in a bed on a floor, it doesn't matter, (laughs) you know? So, I think that's going to be the, in my opinion, at this early stage, that's going to be one of the problems. Is um, we're gonna, we need the, we need some regulation, but at the end of the day, who's going to call it? And say, hey, this is too much. We got to scale it back. We're we
2: are we are giving up too much, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what everybody's waiting on is to see what, where they go with it, right? Because. Yeah, right, I
1: who's they? Who who's they, right? Is it just the big marketing people who take people's money? Yeah. Or is it programs, uh, projects like you guys, where you're actually coming up with use case tools and doing the right thing and walking through the dark to... It's really everybody. Prove. No, it is. But, but you know it's going to be pretty much those who speak the loudest,
2: right? Yeah. And and, and so... And we need to know what regulation's coming to, right? Because we can speculate and try to get ahead of it, but you really don't know nobody nobody knows how far like you said the government or whatever is going to try to go i think
1: we're going to see yeah i think you're going to see some answers after speaking of, of xrp when it looks like the sec ripple case is coming rapidly to a close Yeah, there we go. um and i think when that happens is going to be when you're going to see some fallout in terms of when they try to push what type of regulations they try to push and how you know yeah, couple things.
0: I don't want to. Oh shit! No, I ain't gonna lie. I've been trying to talk a couple times, and I thought my mic was working, but I think something in my settings fucked up. And I had oh, to go fix man. it. Oh man, that's pretty fucked up, Need man. your mic, um, straight up new <laughs> mic problems. But no, I was gonna say it's a couple. Backtracking a little bit, when you guys were talking about the fence put up, um, I had said that the a very simple analogy that my dad had told me as a kid was that locks are for honest people. If someone really wants to get into something, that they will. It's just as simple as that, yeah. right? Oh, 100%. Uh, right. And then uh, the other part was something that I think that we've been preaching for a while. And especially when we first came out, um, I think people were slighted when we didn't want to get on exchanges or anything like that. And we were kind of hashed. Everything that is coming to be now, um, when we're simply just been stating that decentralization is the way, and as Justin has said, that there has to be some form of regulation to it, um, but also education, right, is that these people need to know how to manage their funds properly. Yes, this is a new way. Yes, we're trying to target so many demographics anywhere from... Shit, as kids as early as like 13, 14 are trading now. So let's say, you know, 14 to 65. Obviously there's, we want to go higher than that too, but reasonable, right? Um, those people, everybody wants to learn, right? But it just need, we, need, we all need to have the, the right tools. Um, uh, you know, ease of use, you know, I mean, everybody obviously has just, I think Justin mentioned as well, um, that centralized exchanges are usually just easy, right? You, you log in, you hook your card up and then you can go and buy. Right. Yep. You don't really care about what's happening on the back end. Um, you know, if, if we had decentralized options that were the same way, then people would use them. They would, if they knew they were in full control of their funds, but it still had the same operability of what an, a central exchange has. Um, then we wouldn't experience these issues, but of course, just like anything, you know, we need to learn and we need to progress and we need to grow and evolve. Um, you know, this is a, a hard lesson to learn, but on the flip side of things, it's needed, right? Because if this never happened, then it would still be, it. if the fallout had never happened, then the shadiness would still be happening, right? Um, so, yeah, that's it.
1: I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, But here's the other problem. I see it inherently through a society again is we're at an age now where information has been so... With the dawn of uh, the internet, information became abundant. And that doesn't mean it's correct information, right? Mm -hmm. That just means information. And it's going to be spun politically one way or the other. It's going to be spun for a narrative one way or the other. And I think people are at the point right now where, like I said, they're going to listen to the person who talks the loudest, who has the more money to be out in front, like uh, FTX and some of these other... I'm going to call them out. I I hate to say it, but like, uh, the safe moon project, uh, they had a ridiculous amount of marketing money, uh, and they put out tons of content and really got their name out there. And what happened? Truthfully, what happened? It looked a little shady to me again. I'm not that educated to take my words with a grain of salt, but (laughs) as you move, people are just like, I'm not gonna look it up. I'm not gonna look into who's doing this. I'm not gonna look any deeper. Or I'm not gonna look into what this project's offering. They just wanna know, is this good, is it not? And they're gonna take what people on the internet are saying. Oh, this is a great project. They're not realizing, hey, do you pay attention that this person could be related to this person? So they're the hype train and then they got a hundred people, they have a hundred friends that they're turning into more hype people, and then those people have each have a hundred friends and it's getting blown out of control. So now people are like they just want the information. They don't want to look it up. They just want it delivered to them, whether it's right or wrong, and they don't care. And I think that's some of the problem we're running into is people are just like, oh, you know, the, the old saying, oh, it's on the internet, it must be true. That's how people yeah. live their lives nowadays. I mean, if you did, yeah. if you go by that, I, you go on to what is it, WebMD? I think I died of cancer ten times already. Yeah, <laughs> that's, not, that's not me poking fun anybody with cancer. That's that's. That's That's not my point. point
2: Yeah, it's just everybody runs the WebMD when they feel ill, you know.
1: When it first came out, I was like, oh, sweet, I don't want to go to the doctor. Let me just get online. Hey, I got this. What the hell, cancer? What do you mean? And so I called my doctor. I was like, hey, and he was like, stop, don't do that. And I was like, oh, all right, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But if you use that in this space, that is exactly what's going on. And when you come out and you say, hey, guys, this doesn't add up. And then you either. People are either on your side or people are like, oh, you're just trying to knock this company and fuck you. And and you're like, oh, well, what's worth the fight, right? Yep. That's tough, man. You guys are in a tough spot. But if you can drive some type of regulated regulation, that's what you should call it. Regulated regulation. uh, Regulate the regulation. That's right. That's right. Give a little bit. Because who who was the guy who said, it? Uh, God, I should know this. Was it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Who said? Uh, nope. G- not gonna say. It I'm gonna, the give code. it in.
2: Still so take a mile.
1: Well, that too. No, the one that says uh, basically, if you want to, if you want safety, you have to give up some rights. But you know, yeah, you can't. You know, basically the same thing. If you guys want safety in the space and you want some. You know, protection against being rug pulled, which is a new term to me, by the way. I didn't know this until you guys started your project, but uh, I feel like that happens everywhere. You go to the supermarket, you're getting rug pulled. You go in there with a hundred bucks, you know, getting $10 <laughs> worth of food and someone walks away laughing at you. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think if you could prevent, you know, regulate the regulators so you could prevent, you know, losing your ass <laughs> in a yeah. space, but then, you know, while still being, free from the prying eyes of those who want to just take your profits and leave you with nothing you know
2: yeah and and kind of my my last thoughts on um on the centralized exchange piece is you know if you think about it in the sense of compare it to like traditional banking now, obviously you can't for most banks you can't go on there and, and do uh stock trading I know USAA and stuff lets you but uh that's not their primary goal where a central exchange it is, but forget all that. Just think about storing your money. If you went to your local bank and you were going to deposit your money and they told you, well, there's, there's no real oversight. Uh, there's no, there's no laws or regulation or, or if, if you know, no insurance or anything like that. Um, and we're going to take your money and we're going to invest it, but we promise we'll give you some, some interest and some return on that money. Oh, and by the way, if you if you want to withdraw it, depending on how much you're trying to withdraw, there's going to be a waiting period uh, of a few days at, at least. Uh, would you still put your money in that bank? Probably not, right? We do these days because, again, there's laws and there's oversight, and, and like we've seen back in uh, you know between 2008 and 2012, uh, with uh, the government stepping in and bailing them out, and government's not going to bail out central exchanges. Uh, they they haven't and they're not going to. There's no insurance. There's none of this. There's none of that going on. So it, you got to look at it like that's your money. It's being stored somewhere, and those same rules apply. If you want to withdraw or deposit uh, certain amounts, there is a waiting period on central exchanges. So when you're when you're looking at those facts and comparing it to, would I do this if it was a, a bank holding my fiat? that I need to pay my mortgage, my rent, my food, or whatever, would I still store it in that same entity? If the answer is no, you answered your own question. You need to get on the DeFi bandwagon now.
1: Oh, absolutely. But see, this is as much as I learned. I mean, but if you think about it, I mean, think about what you're already engaging, and this is a people that say, oh, we need to be fully regulated. Okay, if you need to be fully regulated, let's look at it this way. Look at taxes. Look at the IRS. Have, has anybody ever owed? I got audited because I had, you know, my side hustle. I bought two trucks. One was a work truck, and in the uh, towards the end of the year, I sold the work truck. Yep. When I wrote, went to write it off, I had to get a lawyer. Dude, a simple it was. You ready for this? A twelve hundred dollar difference is what my taxes to them yeah. were. They audited me. Um, what did I get that? In 18? Three years later, they did an audit. Fine. Found the $1,200 difference. You know what it cost me? Like $13,900. <laughs> $13, Damn. They hit me with penalties. They hit me with interest. They hit me with all this stuff. They hit me with a negligence fee. And When I called to talk to them, I said, no, no, no. I did your paperwork, and this is what you say in the paperwork. Yeah, well, we didn't like... They didn't like something about the number, but I did it per the regulation. Yeah, I said okay. It's a simple twelve hundred dollars. You think ten times, to- like yeah. ten times? What the hell? You know, like yep. Like, and she was like, "Well, that's what you guys said." A negligence fee. I didn't do this on purpose. I explained it to you. I read you the regulation, which I use, and you agree. But yet, think about this: when you pay- overpay in taxes, when you get it back at the end of the year. Do you get interest?
2: No. No. You remember I went through that. Remember, it took them like nine months to give me my refund?
1: (laughs) That's my point. Do you get it back in a timely fashion? No. No, you do not. And then you have other banks out there where they have so many fees that if you pay a bill, and then they have fees sometimes to pay the bill, whatever, then they'll hit you with like an overdraft fee or this, blah, blah, blah. Right? There's always some bullshit. So if you look at that, and then say, Oh, this is what happens when we have full regulation. And then look at a place where you're like, okay, well, you're going to have a little bit where you might have to pay this fee, gas fee, whatever it might be, but it's very small, minute in comparison. But people are still like, well, it's unregulated. Well, all right. How's a regulated working for you? How is it working for you? Yeah. Do you feel robbed? I know I do. Ever since I had a kid, became an adult, I guess I, I'm pissed off about street lights, potholes, taxes going up and not getting anything for it. Like. And if you, that's, I'm only using that because everybody has to pay that, right? Everybody's yep. in the tax game. Everybody's in the bank game. You put your money in a bank. What's the bank really doing? They're not just holding your money in your special little vault. They're taking your money. They're lending it out for probably anywhere between, I don't know, 1% and 30% to somebody on a loan. But yep. then while you're leaving it in there, what are you getting? A fraction of a percentage? Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to be in the space you guys are doing? Why wouldn't you? I'm not a mathematician. I am not an economics major. I am just a simple man that wants to work, have money, provide for my family, and call it a day. Maybe make a little extra money to live a little easier, right? Yep. I can see that clearly with you guys. Well, in in your sphere, right? But especially with you guys, because I talk to you, whatever. But still, why <laughs> talk to you us, want? To whatever? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I'll ping you and be like, "Hey, man, this doesn't make sense. You explain <laughs> it. I'm good to go." Why wouldn't you want to be in on this? And why wouldn't you? Do a little digging into this. Like, if it, this is just me, and I found this out just by looking like, oh, hey, look at this versus this. And again, it goes back to people just want to squawk. I think that's what it is. People either want to complain or tell you how good they're doing to make you feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> then you have those group in the middle in the gray area who are doing the right thing that are attached to you guys that are trying to change the space for the better and not being a complainer and not being a shithead, rug pulling everybody, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately, that's all you see. You see the rug pullers and you see the complainers.
2: Yep. You know what, Loud, what I mean? of voices, man. Usually people that are doing really? the right thing are just doing the right thing.
1: Because you're doing the right thing for the right reason. So you don't need to boast about it. You don't need to 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 be out, oh, I'm doing this. I'm people are gonna see you're doing it because you're doing the right thing. But again, then when you are doing the right thing, people are like, Oh yeah, they're doing the right thing and fluff you off. But when you're doing the wrong thing, until you get caught, people are like, Oh, those guys are legit. Oh, they did the wrong thing. And then they turn you know what I mean? It's yeah. just so dog eat dog, you know. Yep. That's why I'm glad, you, I'm glad I'm just part of the, you know, holding <laughs> on to the project, not part of it, because I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd, I'd be angry at some people, especially
2: that Leo guy. Wherever <laughs> he, he, he <laughs> is. He said the name. I did. Fuck that guy. I hope he did. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Ain't, and no know he you on. Ain't no way he listens. Uh,
1: he might, just because he's hell-bent on... Uh,
2: Nah, he's, you know. he's, he's, he's moved on. I don't, I don't know what he's doing these days in his life, but he's moved on. What kind uh, of mic did you get? And by the way. Me? I got a, yeah. a, a Blue Yeti.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought you thought didn't go with seven. the sm sure, 7B. The Joe Rogans of microphones. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I'm going to say the fact that he didn't answer that means no.
0: I'm gonna
2: say no. Yeah, I'm it realizing no, no.
0: So for some reason, when my uh, when my screen goes black and it comes and I turn my PC like into sleep mode, and I fucking turn my PC back on, my mic doesn't reconnect, So I have to go into the Discord settings and fuck with it real quick. It's weird, but no. I, honestly, oh, I had no clue. I had no clue what you just said. To be honest with you, uh, the she was on sale. It was like 180, and it came down to like 130. So I was like, ah, I guess I'll take. Oh, okay. 150 to 120. I don't
1: know. Is, is the a blue Yeti? Is that a USB mic?
0: Uh no. Wait. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: But it does. Own device. Yeah, you can go to Device Manager and make sure that the USB could. It's possible it has um power settings. Yeah. For the USB controller, make sure you just turn that so it never cuts power to it. That way, when it comes back up, it's recognized.
2: Yeah. If that makes sense. Or else, Discord will default to your default sound settings, which is whatever your default. System mic is if you have one. Uh anyway, it is after eleven. Uh anybody else got any last minute thoughts they want to add to uh, this week's affinity protocol?
1: Don't get caught into DMZ. Especially with Chris. <laughs> Old Chris. You'll never go to bed.
2: <laughs>
1: it'll, get, it'll get really toxic and hostile. It's fun.
2: It oh, I don't it doesn't get toxic with me, it's some of the <laughs> cohort <laughs> I'm just there trying and dying trying and dying that's all
3: that's true that's all we did last, last night man <laughs> man Zach going down like six times in one match on DMZ
0: yeah but who had more kills yeah but who went down who out yeah but who went there frying what well, they're yeah, finding though, it's the, race, yeah. it's the ratio. It's the ratio, yeah, exactly. Yeah. More, kills, more kills, uh, more kills, more deaths. I'll take it. I'm uh, it. more. I less nah, no, it's I even, it. it's more deaths. I had even it set out at the end of the day.
3: Hey Chris, which one's a better ratio? Twenty kills and one death, or thirty kills and six deaths? I have more than thirty kills. what? and the and the yeah, definitely wasn't six. That's for sure. You went down like six times, man. It was like maybe uh, three, not max. i I'm, yes. I'm gonna
2: give it to Chris. You know why? Because if you went down, that means somebody had to pick you up.
0: Yes, but who got the soul kill of the game? Mm-hmm. Of the and, oppositions, uh, who, the actual you, soul kills, not just AI bots. We're talking actual kills, though. Okay, <laughs> not against these little little homies doing nothing. But you got mm-hmm. down by the bots, though. Because they're on veteran status, bro. Nah, they are easy, Yes, they are. Pop in Those that shit and sober easy. and watch your ass get clapped. No,
2: yeah, I, no, I think uh, they're mixed. I, I think that, it's mixed.
1: Hold on. There's some AI in that game that are yeah. so on point, it sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they snipe your bitch ass from far away and you just drop from fucking two meters away. Straight if, up. If
1: Creators of Call of Duty Warzone, all this, are listening. Get your act together. Make yeah. it more than three people in DMZ, please. That's fix, for one. And fix the crashes. And fix the damn crashes. Did it crash last <laughs> night after I got off, by the way, this morning?
2: Oh, I don't know. Not, not Silver for and anybody I know. Not for anybody I know. Yo, so... About,
3: you know how I've been talking about the division? You ain't ready for the division, then.
0: Division? Yeah. I've, division two? I played that shit since day one. I'm, what you I'm mean? Not, I'm
3: not talking about multiplayer. I'm talking about when you get dropped uh, no, uh, into the winter. No,
0: no, 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 I played that shit forever. Mm-mm. Division's my shit. I didn't play the second one, but the first did one? You get, did you get to extraction and actually get extracted and get that achievement? I
3: on what system? Shut up. Uh, was PS3. <laughs> no, ps PS4, sorry. PS4. <laughs> See, on Xbox, I got that diamond achievement. Only 4%
0: people got that. well no, fucking... That shit came out when I was in... When, that came out when I was in AIT, so I had maximum time to play that shit. Oh, I was playing the shit after formation on weekends. That was the game. That Destiny.
2: That was the game to play. Hey, Destiny sucks too. Uh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Destiny I'm sucks.
1: Dest- 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 Destiny does, does not
2: suck. Destiny sucks. Boring. Yeah. It's boring. Listen,
1: it's boring. Uh, I my way out now. minded simpleton. What are you talking about? Don't
2: nobody care Wait, about your like, conversation. Hey,
1: You'll play Wow, but you won't, you shit on Destiny?
2: Yeah, Destiny. That's crazy. Is born. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Destiny what? It's boring. Anyways, you can't <laughs> say it's boring <laughs> because
3: Destiny 2 is still popping right now. And this that came is? out like six, no, five
1: years ago. Five years ago.
2: That's because yeah. a lot of people like terrible games. That's, it happens. What are you oh doing? my god. What are you oh going to do? Gonna
1: do? I uh, can't.
2: <laughs> oh, I can't. Uh, All right. <laughs> anything else? Yeah, you're dumb. All right, sometimes. <laughs> Can't all be geniuses Every all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Nobody else got anything? No? You good? All right. Sounds like we're all set. We're all in agreement that Destiny is a terrible game. And
1: on that note. You should have just ended it, old man. No, no. no. Geriatric prick.
2: We got to we're going to end this, uh, this week of affinity protocol next week. Oh, I do want to mention this before we go. So next week we will be back here. It won't be live. It'll be recorded, but we will be doing another affinity protocol. It's going to, we kind of shifted our schedule. Uh, so we will be doing another uh, affinity protocol next Sunday so we can better align our affinity Fridays and, and affinity protocols with the holidays coming. Uh, we realized that we were starting to land, uh, on uh, basically on holidays or at least within a day of Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're rotating things a little bit. So we're going to do two back-to-back weeks of friendly protocol where normally it's every other week. Uh, so catch us back here uh, on dvradio.net next Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, there will be another show and then we'll start the bi weekly from there. Uh, so thank you all for coming and listening. I want to give a big shout out again to Bo and the crew over there at uh, DV radio. Check them out as well. Their show is Backstalk on uh, on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern as well. And thank you, Justin and not Zach and uh, Chris, for coming out again and having this, uh, this insightful conversation about how Destiny sucks. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Radio.